From Chicago, welcome to Three Degrees Discussions. I'm your host, Mike Vasquez. This is a podcast devoted to the stories behind the innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders of the 3D printing industry. I have to know my audience when I'm, depending on who I'm discussing it with, maybe I'm uh, concentrating on our physical product, the precious metal signet rings. But if I'm at a 3D printing conference, um, we do have a digital option, an instant download option that you can design your own ring and uh, have the file emailed to you within minutes that you can print on your own machine. Um, so there is that digital element for those who maybe wanted to tinker with 3D printing because it's such a, it's so nascent, but it's been, it's been years in the making. That was Casey Melvin. Casey and her sister Janine are two dynamic entrepreneurial sisters who co-founded the future of jewelry. The Warby Parker Jewelry is a full-service digital jewelry design house and manufacturer. TFOJ specializes in creating the digital software, infrastructure, and physical supply chain for designing, creating, and finishing custom jewelry pieces in a wide variety of materials. The company, established by the sisters in 2017, was founded to make jewelry customization easier, more affordable, and accessible for all. Before we get started, head over to www.3degreescompany.com and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to the show anywhere you download your podcast, including Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or Stitcher. Hey, Casey, welcome to the show today. I'm super excited for the conversation. I think we've known each other for a few years now, fellow Chicago 3D printing uh, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so excited to, to to get to hear your story and and share that with uh, everyone. I think it's really, really cool what you you guys are doing at the Future of Jewelry. And I want to maybe just start with kind of how'd you get there? Like, what is the future of jewelry? And then what, what was the, the origin story? I've, I've, I've heard it once, but I think the, uh, it's a really cool story to share. So let's start there. Well, thank you. So my name is Casey Melvin. And first of all, I'm, I appreciate you having me on today. I love talking about all things 3d printing, as you know, the community is kind of close knit and, uh, I think we all feel pretty passionately about it. So thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, But as I said, I'm Casey Melvin, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of The Future of Jewelry. Uh, So we are a direct-to-consumer, on-demand custom jewelry company um, that we're we're currently only specializing in custom signet rings, but our framework could really uh, move over and encompass any other type of customizable small objects. But right now, we've started with signet rings. And I think the story of the founding really demonstrates the breadth of the 3D printing industry and all the different backgrounds that people have. And secondly, how 3D printing can be incorporated into common or into today's workflows to make a process uh, much better. Um, So as you may know or not know, uh, signet rings have been around for thousands of years. Uh, They were at least from the ancient Phoenicians. uh, They're mentioned in the Bible and they used to actually have some power to it. it. If you marked uh, if you marked a document and you signed it with your seal, that made it official from you, kind of like a power of an attorney. Um, so this is really an ancient art form uh, that has been, hasn't really been updated even since the Industrial Revolution. Um, so the, the founding of the future of jewelry started with a plain gold signet ring. Um, and I, I was in law school in, two th- in the summer of 2016 when we really got inspired 
uh, for this company. Uh, so my sister and I both had plans to be lawyers, never had a plan to start a company, uh, like aside from maybe our own firm or something someday. Um, but I don't think we ever viewed ourselves as the going into business, but we found a product we really felt passionately about and that there was a, a void in the current market um, and that technology could help fill that void and make and kind of democratize the process of custom jewelry that has been traditionally so expensive and uh, requiring such high skill craftsmanship that it's expensive and it's out of the reach of most people. Um, so we were studying abroad in the summer of 2016 um, at Oxford. I was studying um, comparative criminal law and she was doing comparative corporate law between, between the United Kingdom and the United States. Uh, and we had never studied abroad before, although we had both worked in the law industry uh, in the years in between college and law school. So we kind of knew this was our last hurrah, our last, our last time to like, you know, really have a good summer before you get into like clerkships and applying for jobs and studying for the bar and things like that. Um, so we had plans for six weeks to study abroad. Um, and we wanted to take full advantage of that. So we we booked like the cheapest flight we could go anywhere in the vicinity every weekend and kind of explored everywhere we could. Um, and so we were having such a good time and we became really close as sisters, like in our adult lives. And uh, we wanted to buy something together to commemorate that trip. Um, so we were kind of on the lookout into little side shops as we were walking around. Um, and the one weekend we were in Spain on a Spanish island and we happened into a, a small jewelry store. Um, and like I said, we were, wanted to be uh, attorneys. So that's kind of a conservative profession. You can't really wear like gawky jewelry or, uh, you know, they, they like you to be a little bit more conservative. So uh, my sister was on the lookout and she saw this plain gold signet ring. Um, and my sister, Nina, she has very small fingers. Um, so usually it's not in her size, but she wanted she had them take it out of the case. Uh, and try it on. And uh, it didn't fit her. But I knew I said, Oh, let me try. I like that. So it did fit my fin finger perfectly. Um, and we got to watch the owner of the jewelry store hand etch my initials into the face of the ring. Um, and my sister and me got to watch it and experience it. And I said, you know what, Nina, I bet you there is something existing somewhere, a plain gold signet ring that we can get you to match. And it'll still commemorate our time together this summer. Um, so fast forward to the holiday season later that year, I was going to buy one for my sister. So I started doing research and we kind of found two different options. Uh, I could either spend $1,800, which I love my sister, but not $1,800 worth, uh, an $1,800 $1, one from Tiffany that you had to pay extra to get engraved and there were no returns. Um, and then there was kind of like a cheaper option in base metal um, you know, under $100, but they maybe only offer a few sizes and they because of its base, because it's base metal, they couldn't resize it. Uh, so I came to my sister and I said, I can't believe this doesn't really exist right now, but there's no way to create your own custom ring um, online. So we started to do research um, and we found this void that that we thought could be filled with, you know, the, the increases in technology um, in terms of software and in terms of like infrastructure. So we did research and we, we didn't necessarily get set on 3D printing. We wanted to just recreate the signet ring workflow uh, that we could allow customization um, in a broad range of sizes. Um, and we figured out that to do a, a line of signet rings 
it can cost up to $10,000 for each, each mold, uh, mold that you make. Uh, and then that's every size. So if you wanted to have a really broad range, um, you'd be, you know, up to a million maybe if you wanted even more than one shape. Uh, so, and we didn't have that type of, you know, capital to invest on the front end. So we tried to be more nimble and uh, we invested in um, developing a platform, a, a 3D customization platform specifically for signet rings, um, accessible on the web. You don't have to download anything. You can go right in your browser um, and, and create a custom signet ring in your precise size and have transparent pricing where the uh, the pricing is based on the volume in your in your ring and uh, the cost of the metal on that day. So we kind of created this workflow that would be impossible by mass production methods without a humongous upfront um, in, uh, investment. And we created a so we we have no inventory, no physical inventory. All of our inventory is quote unquote uh, digital. So uh, that has allowed us to really concentrate on our core competency, which is this 3D platform that you can go on and customize your own ring in a number of fonts. You can add your signature. You can upload your own logo or artwork. You can even upload your own 3D file if you had something like that. Um, and, and on the back end, that ring is generated and we, and we produce it to order. Um, so 3D printing has been so important in making our exactly our business model a reality and it's a it's a perfect it's a perfect example of kind of like an ancient product or a product that's been around forever uh, and updated it and made it more accessible because of what it was able to automate that's awesome and so when you're kind of learning about your customers and kind of i mean you were kind of the the prototypical customer when you start the business, like as you've kind of grown the company out, grown the tool out, do you find kind of similar stories when you're talking to folks? Is it like the the cool factor of like, hey, I can design my custom ring and I get to like have a piece of that in terms of like I'm you're almost like interacting with the the jeweler that you you were talking to in Spain where like you can see it like being etched. Like what's right. what's kind of in the mindset of the customer that you've seen? What's it's really interesting. So when I, you know, especially pre-COVID times, because uh, we've had this company for almost five years now, um, they usually approach me because I'm always wearing seven, eight rings uh, because you got to show off the merch. Um, so people will usually compliment my rings and then we get to talking about them. Oh, well, we have this company and we'll do like a, a real quick demo of the app just from our phone. Um, and we've been getting like such great feedback um, and they're, I, I, it's kind of like, they're like, wow, it makes so much sense. I can't believe this thing, this, the exact same thoughts we did at the beginning when we decided to do this company, like this makes too much sense. I can't believe it doesn't exist already. Um, and we kind of wanted to be a first mover in that, in that regard. So um, it, it usually starts out with, they like, the, you know, it's just a plain precious metal basic ring um, I get a compliment and then I explain the process and, uh, that's how a word of mouth has been really great for our, um, our customer base, building our customer base. And the other thing too, that's really neat. If, if for those of you who haven't used the app, you definitely should, and we'll put a link in the, 
in the the post, but like it, it works on the phone or your phone, which like hits like so many people who aren't in like not everyone has like a CAD station. When we talk to most of the folks on this podcast, like mm-hmm. we dive into the weeds of like, hey, I'm at uh, big company X and I've got a thousand dollars worth of software, 3D printing software, and I've gone to four years of engineering mm-hmm. school to to use. Like the, mm-hmm. the software is super accessible and you forget like, I mean, 3D printing is not the thing that's front and center, right? It's the experience of the the user and building something that's custom, personal to them right. and in a way mm-hmm. that's easy, easy to do. Well, right. And I, I do think that that's driven from us being kind of a bootstrap company that we at, at first, and especially in 2017, you know, from starting your own software company, you know, everyone was saying, you need an app, you need an Android app, you need an iPhone app, you need to do both. And that's like incredibly expensive to maintain. And, and there's, you know, it's prone to bugs because there's going to be some um, mishaps in the back end. Um, so we wanted to avoid all that. We saw how much of a hassle and how expensive that was going to be. So we made it a priority to do a, a web-based platform, a 3D graphics platform. And we've been optimizing, optimizing, optimizing that it, it's so fast. You wouldn't know it wasn't built from a, a native app. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and I think the, the other piece of it too, is like at the, you have the option of both looking at like you can order it for, or kind of have the digital file as well. So there's kind of these two records of, of what you, the customer is doing, right? Like really embedding into that whole 3D printing. Well, a digital manufacturing ecosystem doesn't have to be 3D printed, but right. kind of putting everything to, together with no inventory. Right, absolutely. And I, I have to know my audience when I'm, depending on who I'm discussing it with, maybe I'm uh, concentrating on our physical product, the precious metal signet rings. But if I'm at a 3D printing conference, um, we do have a digital option, an instant download option that you can design your own ring and uh, have the file emailed to you within minutes that you can print on your own machine. Um, so there is that digital element for those who maybe wanted to tinker with 3D printing because it's such a, it's so nascent, but it's been, it's been years in the making really, because, you know, right now I think it's really just hitting its stride and, I hope there's more people that would like to get their hands dirty as we've seen a lot in the 3d printing industry. It's a lot of self-motivated people that like to experiment. Um, so I hope there's more young people, more people, um, you know, maybe buying 3d printer, a $400, $500 3d printer and, and tinkering with it and, and test printing. So we wanted to kind of serve that market too, um, including makers too. So if you wanted to 3D print and then cast it yourself, that's something you could do too. So we wanted to kind of be flexible and um, offer a variety of options depending on who's using it. So when you go to that kind of, someone's designed the ring, like they decide to check out, they're going to go kind of produce it or it's going to get produced somehow. How do you go about educating them about the 3d printing process, because there, there are differences, right? I mean, a, a cast ring looks different than a 3d printed ring. I mean, it's getting better there. You can match with post finishing and things like that, but mm-hmm. how have you found that kind of process of educating them so they know what to expect when like they get the finished product and, and kind of working with your suppliers and, and whoever's producing the ring? Well, right. So uh, depending on which option you select using our customization platform, there you can select between physical and digital. Um, so for the physical ring specifically, we incorporate, 
incorporated that visualization component. So as you select uh, or as you switch between materials, you'll be able to see a, a pretty lifelike uh, representation of what it will look like when you get the ring, um, like a mirror finish. Uh, and then you'll be able to see the details on the front of the ring. Uh, for, as for the digital, like you said, it is going to vary depending on the machine. And it's going to vary greatly. If you tried to probably print um, a very small ring on an FDM, it wouldn't get a, a great resolution. Um, but we did price it at such a low point that um, at $5 per digital file that uh, people can, you know, try again and again and, and even scale it or modify it on their own. Uh, so we've been working with our digital customers that way too. So I'm always really interested in kind of, the, we've talked a lot about the technology and kind of what's going in, into to that front, but um, can you talk a little bit about kind of how you've grown the company itself? Like kind of, we stopped at kind of like you were in law school, like mm -hmm. you've been working on the company for five years, kind of what's, what's that journey been like and kind of where you, I mean, you're based in Chicago, yeah. but kind of like, how is the, like, what's it been like being an entrepreneur over oh. the last few years? Yeah, as you know, uh, probably from trying to launch a software product, uh, finding the right team with the right skill set is incredibly important. Um, and, and from the beginning, uh, from the inception of the future of jewelry, we always knew we wanted to have the platform component, uh, but we also tried a couple other things. So like we tried to solve some other issues that arise from uh, things that are inherently online, ordered from online, sizing issues and things like that. So we, uh, my journey has been like this, uh, you know, but now we've really, uh, we've been with our team right now for three years. Um, and they work extraordinarily well together. We mesh, we all trust each other. Um, but those first two years, I really, uh, we, we struggled. We, we tried a couple different agencies, then we tried freelancers. And um, what we found is that you, we really had the best results when the people were working kind of in-house or concentrating on our, on our app alone. Um, so a, a couple of the products that, uh, we worked on and then we weren't happy with the quality of the, or maybe like the accuracy of them. We had a couple digital ring sizing products, um, that, that incorporated computer vision. Um, so basically what the app was, if you had a ring at home that you knew fit you and you didn't know necessarily what size it was, cause you wanted to order that same size again, uh, we had an app where you would take a um, like a standard size ID card, bank card with the rounded edges um, and put the ring on top of it, take a picture. And we would use computer vision and reverse pixel analysis essentially to try to uh, calculate the size of the ring. But we had and, you know, the phones in 2017 and 18, they definitely didn't have LIDAR enabled. And, you know, we had some issues with even just like shadows and things like that. So like but we knew to move on. Let's try something else that will get there eventually and we'll be ready. Uh, and we are working on, on some things in the LIDAR uh, sizing arena. Um, but I think something that I learned as an entrepreneur is like, you need to be very flexible. You need to be nimble. You need, as new information comes in, you have to adjust your strategy. Um, and I think that's something that we really excelled at, my sister and I, um, in this way. And the first time I saw the software, I was kind of blown away by the fact that it really captures the, a lot of the essence and uh, of what people advertise 3D printing to be about is right. Like this 
ability to have mass customization. And I feel like just in terms of like, hey, like these are some folks that put it all together and shown like, hey, like you can customize, like you can take a form, you can customize it, you can print it out. You don't need the big machinery inventory in it. And, and as I was kind of looking at it, it's like my kind of brain was kind of clicking the, and like, there's so many other applications to, to this. And one of the challenges I see in the 3D printing world is like, you, you have to almost spell it out for people right? Like people know that like, like in theory, I can design a lot of different creative shapes or I can put initials on parts, but until you really create the process of like the app, the ability to log in on the phone, the ability to pay, like the ability to go through that process and visualize it and turn it around. Like Mm -hmm. that's a lot of work. And it's Mm -hmm. even similar with like, you see it with like this promise of 3d printed shoes, right? Like Mm-hmm. You can you can print two components like that's not hard or like there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. done that but mm-hmm. like to put it end to end and like get measurements get like the right shoe with the right kind of elements in it it's it's challenging and so kind of how do you think about kind of I know you're very busy on the jewelry front but like how mm-hmm. how do you think about like the the broader reach or the broader implications of all that you've done in building this platform. Yeah, absolutely. So that's always been on our long-term radar. If you saw the number of domains I own that are the future of something.com, it's like 70, I think I have up to. Um, so yeah, this exact framework could really go into a number of different um, industries that would benefit from mass con- customization and updating for industry 4.0. Um, but, oh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, where, where were we? I think you're just talking about kind of what other industries might have a. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So my domains. Yeah. So um, I, I, we really want to also empower other makers, other companies to use some of our uh, 3D visualization and 3D printing tools and that we have automated and use it for their own purposes. So that is something that's on the in the next year we're working on to make like a SaaS t- type of platform. Um, but not just in, in jewelry, but like you said, um, in, uh, you could do tie pieces or you could do even, you know, tools, custom tools for whatever you, or whatever part you're trying to print out. Um, so we do have, uh, we do have big dreams for the future. Um, but we're trying to do one thing really well first and then kind of like make it a little bit more ubiquitous across industries. You're not busy, right? Like you have time yeah. for all all seven all, all seventy other yeah, domains. Not yet, but hope as we grow, you never know. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, has, yeah. over like the last five years that that you've kind of developed, that have have you seen like either creative uses of the software to make kind of really interesting design? Like, has there been something that's really stood out in terms of like a customer that's like taken the software and like applied it for something you never would have thought of or like done a design that like just really caught your eye? Well, there's been some, so I've even gotten ideas from some of our customers. So within the past six months, we added the ability to, if you designed one ring, um, you could also add multiple sizes in the cart. So we used to just check out one at a time. That was an issue we encountered. Um, But so someone uh, ordered and I found out it was for fundraising um, for an organization that raises money for uh, blind kids. And we had, we had uh, 
added a few a couple of um, things to our library uh, that involved Braille and things like that. Um, so they used it to raise money, and I thought that was you know that's that's something that could be used in the future uh, that we could empower like charitable organizations or universities to raise money uh, for their certain causes. And I, I mean that's how I had met you was working um, to work on a class ring. Uh, affordable class ring, like educational project. Um, so I, I do, I'm so excited about 3D printing and all that it has to offer in terms of um, like broadening our horizons in terms of what can be invented in the future. And also just uh, just the products that we're empowering and the workflows that it powers. For sure. And kind of along the same lines, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of the the we were the work we did together this summer for absolutely, kind of absolutely. Westside Forward? And- so Mike spearheaded, and he graciously asked me to be involved, which I was very excited about in um, a 3D printing careers cohort. Um, it was like a workforce redevelopment program that uh, was through Westside Forward, an organization on the west side of Chicago that focuses on um, economic empowerment and development in the west side. Um, so we partnered together to, with a small cohort of individuals in this pilot program um, to learn kind of the basics, even just the lingo of 3D printing and um, make some connections in the industry because you know so many people um, and have such a broad network. Um, so the way I participated was on the first day of the cohort program, the first class, um, I had all of the individuals design, I taught them how to, I did a demonstration of the platform, um, showed them how to design their own ring in 3D um, and kind of explained the concept of a STL 3D file that is read by a 3D printer um, to print the final product. Um, So everyone designed their own ring and Mike, uh, as part of the program, there was a a teaching component and kind of a in the field uh, component So they got to see their ring files be printed in a number of different materials. Uh, So we visited M-Hub here in Chicago, which is um, a tech incubator that focuses on like uh, manufacturing products. Uh, We went to Renishaw, which is a a direct to 3D printed metal uh, company that was a little bit outside of Chicago and then uh, imaginary objects or impossible objects. Uh, So they got to really get their hands dirty a little bit and see the different technologies. And that includes like the different materials, the different um, how clear or how clear and uh, how good of a resolution you can get. So they got to get kind of like a basic primer about 3D printing and all the different companies and industries that it is empowering. And the really cool part is like this was day one that kind of you taught them how to use your software to, I mean, a lot of the students didn't have a whole lot of 3d printing knowledge or background going into it, but like, Hey, like we were open, able to open up phones and uh, computers and tablets and kind of take a look at how to navigate the software and then use that as a kind of uh, anchoring mechanism to say, okay, here's what it looks like if you put printed in plastic and here's the process to do it. And then if you go to metal um, you can kind of see the differences and finish and what's involved in that. And so what I think when you and I were talking early on, like we we're like, Hey, like this makes perfect sense in terms of like how to kind of right immediately kind of capture like the idea of like, how does this process take place and how do you kind of get someone accelerated into 3d printing in a, in a short period of time. So it was really fun to, to kind of uh, 
do that. And you and Jake were awesome about kind of coming to all the, all the classes and all the tours and kind of getting to see everything and, and seeing the, the steps along the way. So, yeah, no, we had, we had a great time. And, but I think that kind of helped us in the beginning um, because I'm not a 3d modeler by trade. Like I said, I was going to be an attorney. Uh, so that kind of helped us. I, it was really a, a focus, a priority of us to make it, to design our platform for the non-designer. So how I kind of think about it is if you've heard of the platform Canva, which is a kind of a 3D, or sorry, a, a 2D uh, graphics design platform, I compare it to that in Photoshop. Photoshop is incredibly powerful, but it's also incredibly intimidating if you don't know what all the buttons mean and all the functions. Uh, so we wanted to build something uh, that was built for the non-designer uh, like us and something that would be as easy to adopt as like something like paint from back in the day on the old like Windows computers. Uh, so so that was always a focus of ours um, and, and to make it so easy and user intuitive. Uh, we were basically the customer. So that was always a priority of ours. And we'll throw up some pictures of all the rings that the students design when we we post this as well because those are coming out of the uh, the Renishaw systems any That's minute. Great. Um, and so, as you think about kind of kind of taking the company even further, like what's on your radar to to kind of in, in, improve things or reach new customers or reach new business models? Do you have some priorities that that you're really focused on? Yeah, we do. So um, in the coming. But before calendar end, calendar year end, uh, we hope to be in a bring our um, production chain in house. So, like I said, we focused on what we excelled at, which was our digital platform that um, that generated a custom STL ring file that would be read by a 3D printer. And and we've really done a good job at that. We're happy with where it is uh, right now. And we've outsourced, um, some of our product, our physical production to 3d printers and casters like around the United States. Uh, so everything we do is, is from the United States, uh, domestically. Um, and we have, uh, we hope to bring our supply chain in house, which will also empower us to do some research and development. Uh, because like I said, the 3d file that is generated, the 3d ring file, and it could be any other file, custom file, but for now it's rings, uh, that could be put into any 3d printer as the, as the technology progresses. Um, so we hope to experiment with some new materials and, um, new printers in our own space. And it'll be good to get our hands dirty that way. Um, so, because we don't like to release anything unless it's, you know, tip top. So, uh, we, we're really excited about, um, designing and, and building out our own facility, uh, hopefully in Pittsburgh and neighborhood 91 soon. Very cool. And so, I mean, you have a very unique kind of career path into the 3d printing space. I mean, a lot of the listeners who kind of tune in the podcasts are from all different backgrounds, some engineers, some designers, some high school kids, like what piece of advice do you kind of give to folks that are interested in kind of continuing on to learn more about either entrepreneurship and 3D printing or like, Hey, how do I get a job in, in this space? Are there kind of tips you've learned along the way? Yeah, well, absolutely. The first thing I would say is to keep an open mind, um, kind of a funny story back when I was 18 in high school. Um, I, I received a athlete of the week honor and they interview you and they ask you a few questions. And uh, one of the questions was, what do you see, where do you see yourself in 10 years? 
And so I'm 33 now. So that was five years ago. Uh, but I answered, um, practicing as an orthopedic surgeon with kids somewhere, just like, so, and then I, you know, I went to college and I was really good at math and science, but, um, I was just like, Oh, this isn't for me. And I cut, I think something that I don't know if it's my superpower or character defect, but like if I move on from things really quickly, if it's not suiting me. Um, so I went from obviously wanting to be an orthopedic surgeon to be a lawyer to now an tech entrepreneur, which I literally never in my wildest dreams would have thought, but I think it's because I keep an open mind. Uh, and so I think it's kind of served me well in the long run. Uh, and so I'm, I'm happy, but just keep an open mind uh, and don't, don't kind of get your heart set on something uh, really early on because you have no idea what's going to like pique your interest later in life. Sure. And the last thing, I mean, I know one of the things that you're really involved with are kind of both women in 3D printing and some of the, um, I guess, uh, clubhouse rooms. Do you want to just kind of give a shout out to, to what those yeah. are and, and how people might get involved there? Yeah, absolutely. So during the pandemic, as a lot of your listeners probably know, um, there's been the, the rise of these like audio only live app, live audio only apps. So when Clubhouse launched, um, I got uh, involved with it really early it's in, in its inception, but this club called Build Volume, um, and it's basically a group, and um, we also have a Slack channel of 3D printing entrepreneurs, um, and we gather a couple times a week to kind of discuss all things 3D printing. Um, and that we've gotten some really cool uh, speakers. Like I know that uh, the chief scientist of NASA was talking the one of the Tuesday nights. Um, we had the chief scientist or material scientists from X1. And so basically, it's just like industry insiders who love talking about 3D printing, talking about it for a few hours a week. Um, and, and I've met some really, really great people through it. Um, and if, so if you are just curious about 3d printing and, and want to hear some of the lingo, um, or some of the ways in which it's being utilized, um, I highly suggest it. Um, so that's the build volume group. Um, and we're also on uh, LinkedIn and things like that. And then, uh, secondly, the women in 3d printing group. Um, so they're kind of a network of women in 3d printing in, the, in this industry. Um, and they have a Saturday, ask me anything, um, that they do every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, and they discuss, they'll have a different innovator, uh, woman inv innovator in the 3D printing space. And you get to ask her questions. Um, and all of the, all the ones we've had so far have been like, incredibly generous um, with their time. So um, those are like two, if you're, if you're just dabbling and want to learn more about 3D printing, I think that's a really good place to start. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining the show today, Casey. Look forward to seeing you around the city soon. Thank you. Thanks, Mike.